Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Okay, so check this. There's this one day I made some extra food, and I wanted to go and bring it over to my sister's house. So I packed some extra food up. I put on my shoes. I grabbed my bag. I grabbed my keys, and I head out the door. Mind you, this is the day before I'm about to go on a road trip to L.A. And I get in my car, turn it on. All is well for maybe like a few seconds. And then... Oh, My catalytic converter was stolen. Catalytic converter thefts kind of feel like just part of life in the Bay Area now. And it's really inconvenient and, for many people, a huge financial burden. And it's not just me who's dealing with this. My name is Taylor. I'm from the peninsula. My name is Julia. I'm calling from Oakland, California. This is Danny from San Ramon. I got a phone call at around 4 a.m. and I didn't recognize the number and it was the San Ramon Police Department. Someone tried to steal the catalytic converter. Now this is the second time this has happened. I had my catalytic converter stolen a few years ago off of my Honda CRV in the city and it was a total nightmare. I just had my catalytic converter stolen at the end of September. It was after midnight and we had to wait a very long time for the tow truck, and then we had to tow it to like the closest body shop that would even receive a vehicle late at night. I didn't have insurance to cover the catalytic converter theft by my own fault, but also because I was confused about the insurance's terms. They don't make it very easy to figure out, um, which meant I had to pay about $3,000 out of pocket, and. I'm a student at UC Berkeley, so I don't really have that kind of money. It's getting to the point where, as someone who's lived in the Bay Area for nearly all of my life, it is getting just so hard to go into the city with a vehicle. It's made me think a lot just about how car-reliant we all are. I still might sell my car now. Um, I'm still kind of figuring it out, and it's all because my catalytic converter was stolen. I did not have full insurance on this car. Um, I am looking into it now after this happening twice at the tune of over $9,000. If this happens one more time, I will be living on the street. 
Today, how the rise in catalytic converter thefts has affected people all over the Bay and why this problem is so hard to solve. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. I started hearing about car owners getting their catalytic converters stolen about a year and a half ago when some of my friends and colleagues started telling me that they were afraid or they had started hearing of other car owners getting their catalytic converters stolen. Jose Formoso is a senior systems reporter for the Oakland side. Within weeks, their own catalytic converters were stolen. And these were for older model cars, a lot of Priuses, a few Corollas, and it just kind of upended their lives. The converter itself, it looks like a little pouch, almost like a stomach with smaller sides on each side of the stomach. What they do is that they go under a car, usually with a saw or some sort of a mechanical tool, and then they saw off the metal stomach and it usually takes between one or two minutes. Like, it's really that simple. Everyone in their moms, I feel like, knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who's gotten their catalytic converter stolen in the Bay Area. Can you start by just explaining what it even is? So a catalytic converter is it's a little metal pouch at the bottom of a car. It basically reduces toxic pollutants that are released from an ICE engine, which are internal combustion engines. In the 1950s and 60s, if you remember or watch movies, you know, when you turn on a car, you just had this huge rumble and there was very little separating the exhaust coming out of the engine and going out into the atmosphere. There was some legislation in the 60s, 70s and early 80s expecting for those pollutants to be reduced. And so they added these converters that have valuable metals like palladium, rhodium, platinum. These metals are the reason why they're getting stolen is because they're removing the pouch from the car and then they're disassembling for the, these parts and then they're selling them in the black market. Okay, so these catalytic converters are basically supposed to make gas-powered vehicles at least a little bit better for the environment. And I know as a Prius owner that I definitely have a catalytic converter, but do all gas-powered cars have these? The majority of them do have them. I mean, if you have a car that's way older, before 1965 or so, 
Many of them do not have it, but the majority of them do have them. The difference between cars is that there are some that are easier to steal from mm. and some that whose converters are way more valuable. You mentioned that you have a Prius. The reason why that's the Prius is more valuable is that it has more valuable metals from a particular year. So I believe the year is 2008, 2009, 2010 models, Priuses. Part of the reason why the Prius is so expensive and has so many metals is because that's a hybrid car, right? Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to help with the reduction of pollution. So in a way, you know, somebody that's buying a Prius, they're doing it because it it might save them money, but they're also helping out the environment. But that's also precisely the reason why the catalytic converter in that car is more valuable and therefore a bigger target for these thefts. So how much money can people get for these catalytic converters on the black market? So again, it could be anywhere between $50 and $250, but for certain cars like Priuses, it can go up to $1,000. And it also depends on who's buying because that's the situation. So so many of these converters are being sold to shady people that work at recycling centers. They also work at muffler shops, and some of them are outside of that market. So they will open them up, they'll melt them down, and just get the base mineral and start selling it over online. So it's really, you know, widely distributed black market situation and it's it's kind of hard for the authorities to catch them all. My car has always had a catalytic converter, but it didn't actually get stolen until this summer and I feel like I just am hearing about these thefts more and more right now. Why is that? I do have a couple of stats. In the last four years, thefts of catalytic converters have gone up tenfold to more than 18,000 in 2021 in California. Wow. So that's that's only between 2017 and 2021. Why is this happening? A couple of main reasons. Number one, inflation and the economy has made it more difficult to find parts. Like any sort of this, these types of materials have gone up in the last couple of years. Same thing as gold and some of the other important minerals. The other reason is that the pandemic has exacerbated income inequality. So a lot of the people that are stealing these converters are people that have lost their jobs, that don't have any money. And so they're hearing from their friends and family that they can make money if they go and steal a catalytic converter from somebody. They can sell it off and then they can get an immediate influx of cash. And it's a pretty quick and easy book too, right? I hear that it actually doesn't take very much to to get one of these catalytic converters from underneath people's cars. No, not at all. I was out of a car for actually a whole month because there was literally a backlog of people needing catalytic converters at the shop where my car was at when I got my catalytic converter stolen. And I'm curious, Jose, in what ways have you heard these thefts affecting people who get their catalytic converters stolen? It's a financial difficulty. Some people can afford a deductible of $500 to $1,000 when it comes to getting a new catalytic converter. And also maybe they have different options, like an extra car when their car is unusable. But there are a lot of people that are suffering because of this that don't have a lot of economic options or otherwise. I talked to this one person in West Oakland 
she's somebody who uh, works for a tech company in the South Bay, living in West Oakland. But she's also had a lot of back problems in the past. And so the moment that she had her catalytic converter stolen and uh, had to take it to the shop, she had to start biking to the West Oakland BART station. Uh, she did that for, I believe, a week or 10 days. And that was fine, but in that part of Oakland, as in a lot of, a lot of other black and brown areas of the city, the infrastructure is really poor and has been for decades. Mm-hmm. So during her biking situation, she saw a lot of people running red lights and made her afraid. Uh, people speed. So she felt very afraid. She thought she was going to get hit. Then her back starts hurting again. After that, she decides, I'm going to start taking Uber and Lyft to to you know the station where I can go to work. She starts doing that. It's a little bit more expensive. Maybe she can afford it. Then she also at one point decides to take the gig car share, you know, those little car share um, rentals Mm -hmm. that you can pick up for a day at a time or a few hours at a time. And on her way to work, a tire exploded. So she was extremely frustrated. She's like physically hurt. Uh, she's down, you know, thousands of dollars, still waiting for her car to this day. She still doesn't have a car. That one's also uh, waiting for a part. So it's really upended her life. Her mental health is not great. So that's just one example of how one act and one situation with catalytic converter has really affected uh, people. I bet if we talk to anybody all around the region and in Oakland, they have their own stories of uh, financial difficulty and access to mobility, right? That people just want to get to work. They want to get to their doctor's appointments. They want to take their kids to school. And then when you have these catalytic converters stolen, uh, you just have to find other avenues to live your life. And that's not always easy. Yeah, it sounds like these thefts are really changing people's behaviors. I know your story even talked about a man who like cleaned out his garage so that he could start parking his car inside to prevent another theft. My neighbor said that her boyfriend stopped a theft in our neighborhood by just screaming at some guy from their window. But like, how do we stop this from happening in the first place? One of the ways that people have been trying to prevent catalytic converter theft through the help of body shops is that they have this cage that surrounds the catalytic converter. It's almost, it's screwed in so that it's harder for them to remove it. Uh, I think that that's been relatively helpful when you have thousands of cars to choose from and you want to steal a catalytic converter. I think most people that are thinking about doing this would rather only spend a couple of minutes trying to do this and getting the most benefit out of it rather than trying to saw through a 10, 15 minute cage. That's one way to do it. Unfortunately, the yelling part of it is something that that's come up in the last couple of weeks as something that's that's very dangerous. I mm-hmm. talked to a couple of people that did stop people from uh, stealing their converters when they're when it's happening in the middle of the night. Unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, we've heard in, of instances of a person meeting the person that's stealing their converters and one of them was actually shot and he was killed while he was trying to prevent a catalytic converter theft. So it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where people have to take into account their lives, first of all. 
I know we're just sort of talking about individual actions to prevent these thefts, but I do know that Governor Gavin Newsom has signed two bills that are supposed to make it harder for people to sell stolen catalytic converters. So what do these new laws do exactly? Well, there's a big problem across our state and around the country. And if it's happened to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's catalytic converter. Basically, they will require recycling centers in town to keep databases of catalytic converter parts. This means that if uh, you or I go and have some converters in our hands and we want to take it to the center and get money from it, the uh, recycling centers are going to ask, for their title, knowing that it's our car that we're taking the converter from and not that we didn't steal it from anybody. Um, they want to make sure that, that they keep the, the VIN numbers and the driver's license uh, for every person that's selling these. And beyond that, all of these uh, recycling centers are creating a searchable database that can be accessible to cops and other authorities. We're going to get to the root cause, at least one of the root causes of this crime, and that's those brokers and those middlemen who pay top dollar for stolen parts. It will now be illegal in California to buy catalytic converters from anyone other, anyone other than licensed auto dismantlers or dealers. So all those are really important things. But here's the issue. We don't know, at least not in Oakland, how much of the catalytic converter theft is happening with these legal recycling centers. Based on what I know, and based on the reporting, a lot of it is black market. And in fact, what we do know is that these laws that were signed by Newsom were based on a law in Oregon, but according to uh, shops there, a lot of the residents and just people that are suffering from this situation, it has not reduced the black market sales or the theft numbers. So it's kind of a larger issue and we're going to have to continue to pay attention to it. I mean, is there anything else that could be done? Like, why is this so hard to solve? It's really hard to solve because of the the construction of the cars and the way our society is built, I'd say. I mean, if there would be a way, and there is a way for car manufacturers to build in this sort of uh, technology into the car so that it's not readily available for people where they only have to go under a car and saw it out in two minutes. You know, I mentioned electric cars at the beginning. They don't suffer this issue, right? Like the whole engine is set up to be, how can I say it? It's almost like a, like a physical representation of their lack of, of attention to pollution issues. <laughs> they said they were forced to make a change to reduce pollution. And they said, we're going to do it and it's literally on the outside of the car where it's the easiest part to find it. So that's, you know, it's very representative of, of the piecemeal uh, solutions that cars cited upon. And so now that we're in this moment of transition to a less polluted life and world, the catalytic converter is there for the picking. It's really easy and people are being affected by it. Well, Jose, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
That was Jose Formoso, senior systems reporter for the Oakland side. We'll share some links to Jose's reporting in our episode notes. Shout out to all of you who called in and tweeted us about this topic, though I'm really sorry that you had to. At the top of this episode, you heard Taylor from the Peninsula, Julia from Oakland, and Danny from San Ramon, who's actually a colleague of ours here at KQED. I feel your pain, Danny. The Bay is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. It's made by me, Erica Cruz Guevara, producer Maria Esquinka, and senior editor Alan Montesilio. Our engagement producer is Cesar Saldana. Our director of podcasts is Jen Chien, and KQED's chief content officer is Holly Kernan. You can always find The Bay on Twitter at The Bay KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Peace. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.